How's it going, Chiefs Kingdom? And welcome to episode 17 of the Great British Chiefs Show with your boys from the kingdom, representing the kingdom, myself, Brad Simcox, a.k.a. The Brit Chief, and Arrow Headlines editor, Tom Childs. In this week's show, Tom and I will be gearing up and looking ahead to the Chiefs' first preseason game against the San Francisco 49ers. And we'll be discussing three key points to look at on both sides of the ball. But first... Football is finally here, Tom. Yes, Brad. Premier League football is finally back. <laughs> is that what you meant? Nah, it's not kind of what I meant, but um, yeah, soccer slash football is back as well, isn't it? It is. That's Big back time. properly. Unlike yeah. American football, which is still football, NFL, it's still returning. It doesn't really start for another four weeks or so, does it? Properly. Let's be honest. Where So you're going to try and shoehorn some more uh, soccer slash football chat into the show? Is that what you're going to do? I am giving the people what they want. They are, <laughs> they are coming here for our lousy Chiefs takes yeah. and our insightful look into the world's game that is soccer slash football. I've now got used to calling it soccer slash football, by the way. Like yeah. I now go around and talk about, oh, did you see that soccer slash football game? I kid, I don't really do that. <laughs> Who do you think I am? <laughs> I've never done that in my life. But away from the fixture list that is the Premier League season starting, away from the fact that the Kansas City Chiefs are playing an actual football game this evening, Saturday night, we're playing an actual football game, a repeat of Super Bowl 54. But away from that, the big news in the world of sport this week, not Usain Bolt versus Tyreek Hill, which looks like it's going to happen over 70 metres, which is just madness from Tyreek's point of view. But Lionel Messi doing his very own Kevin Durant and joining a 73-win team by signing with a super team that is Paris Saint-Germain or Germain or or PSG for short, shall we just say. How do you feel about that? Because I am not on board with this whatsoever. I mean... Paris Saint-Germain, I mean, it's good for them, good business for them, because obviously shirt sales are just going to go absolutely through the roof, aren't they? Oh, never mind the fact that they've just signed the greatest footballer that the world's ever seen. It's good business for them because they can sell shirts now. That's because they... (laughs) It'll be like Green Bay getting rid of Aaron Rodgers, then trading for Patrick Mahomes, and then going, ah, at least Green Bay's brand is going to increase. Never mind the fact that their Super Bowl chances are going to increase. Oh, <laughs> at least they can sell jerseys, I suppose. Sell some every, more jerseys. But every the, cloud. <laughs> the fact that he can sell jerseys is because of the fact that he is probably the greatest player in the world. <laughs> he and, is. And I, I, I'm, I'm very much a Messi over Ronaldo kind yeah. of uh, fan here as well, because um, Messi is just, is just something else. I mean, if you've ever watched him play live, he is one of the greatest players. That he, even, he even manages to kind, kind of sell the fans a dummy while he's playing. Mm-hmm. That's that's how good he is. That's yeah. how good this player is. But t- for him to go to Paris Saint Germain, it, it I don't know. It just it feels like it just doesn't fit. It's like the world's no. gone like tilted on its axis. Yeah. And the fact that we've now got Messi in a completely different team where we've always seen him at Barcelona. Yeah, it just does. For me, it's all geared to two things: a winning the Champions League again, which is what, something that he really wants to do, and b obviously financial reasons he's getting very well compensated for joining PSG we know that their pockets are extremely deep and seemingly never-ending so from that point of view it does make sense for him I just would have liked to seen him gone for 
somewhere where it may be a little bit more of a challenge for him, but maybe he's seeing, seeing there thinking, I'm 34 years old. My time is coming to an end. I really want to win the Champions League. He knows that PSG offers one of the better ch- opportunities to win the Champions League with the likes of Neymar, Mbappe, now Sergio Ramos, Dan- Donnarumma, Wijnaldum, Di Maria, like the list of stars in that PSG team. is It is like the Golden State Warriors after they signed Kevin Durant. That team is really loaded. But to me, I I like the way that Giannis won the NBA. I don't like the way that Kevin Durant won his NBA title. So for me, it would have been greater if um, Messi would have gone to a, not so much a lesser team, but like maybe a team with, where it might have been a little bit more challenging, not necessarily Man City. If you joined like Man United or Liverpool or anyone... Brighton like Hove Albion. Or Brighton and Hove Albion. <laughs> that, that would have been... Or finally, maybe we would have seen Lionel Messi on a Tuesday, cold and wet evening in Stoke. If we could have seen that, that would have been amazing. But it's going to be interesting because he's going to be able to take half the year off essentially in the French League because it is a good league, but... With that team, they're going to dominate it. I have no doubt. So be interested to see him in the Champions League again. But for me, I would have preferred it. Even if he went and joined Ronaldo in Juventus and just seen them two play on the same team, that would have been more interesting than well, him joining Messi. You saying that, I think um, apparently PSG apparently are trying to entice Ronaldo to come and play for them as well to build build this <laughs> like, mega up. super team. Can just you imagine? Yeah, just imagine. Up. It's like It's like a 10-year-old has just like got hold of the FIFA game and just turned off all the rules and just said, you can buy whoever you want and just built this super team. It's like what yeah, Brett Veach has done with the Chiefs in the offence over the years, isn't it? But um, Back to the Premier League quickly. It starts yeah. this weekend. Quick predictions, your top four and your bottom three. Who's it going to be? Top four, I've got... Uh, I've actually got Man United reliving the glory days. Wow. Liverpool's second. Wow. Yeah, I know that's bold, isn't it? Um, Man City and then Chelsea. Okay. I've got Man City winning it, then Chelsea yeah. second, close second, Manchester United third, and... I can do this in August because I'm allowed to, because I'm allowed to be an optimist in August. I'm going to say oh, Arsenal Football so. Club finish four. Oh, my God. <laughs> I knew when you said, give us your four top. I was like, okay. I, I Actually, credit where credit's due, I suppose. You you didn't mention Arsenal winning the whole thing entirely. So, <laughs> you know, I, I, yeah, your fandom doesn't reach that far, I suppose, does it? Nope. And your bottom three? <laughs> Bottom three, I've gone for my team, Newcastle. Yeah. <laughs> Newcastle United. Um, Brighton Hove Albion, I've just mentioned them before. What? Um, yeah, Brighton Hove Albion. Yeah. And yeah. Crystal Palace. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, I like two of them uh, Crystal Palace and Newcastle. I've gone for uh, Watford, my local team, Norwich yeah. City, and Newcastle United. They're the three I'm going for. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll, revis- right we'll revisit this back in May. We'll see how we get on. Um, <laughs> if anyone. Does follow us on Twitter at TomCharles56 and at BritTruthUK. Send us your Premier League predictions. We want to hear them. We like talking football, both versions of football. Um, send us your Premier League predictions and then we'll see who gets it right. Because no, I have no doubt that you guys over in Kansas City probably know more about the sport that we love and have been brought up on than we do. All right, should we get some Chiefs chat going, shall we? Yes, let's do it. There's a game, there's a game, there's a game, there's a game tonight. <laughs> I can't wait. Before we get into it, are you going to actually watch it live? Because it is on a stupid o'clock here, isn't it? Yeah, it's a one thirty start in the UK, and I'm going to do it. I know I am. Like, <laughs> I, I've been saying all off season, like I, I will watch the preseason games. I will always watch them, and I watch them in their entirety. But normally, I watch them the morning after or the evening after. Sometimes I already know the results. I'm just watching them to see who looks good. 
but I'm really excited. And like the Super Bowl left such a, a bad taste in my mouth throughout yeah. the whole of the season. I'm just ready to watch the Chiefs play. And I don't even care if Mahomes only plays this series. I don't care if Mahomes plays this series and he hands off to Daryl Williams five, six snaps in a row. I don't even care. <laughs> I'm just so excited to see the Chiefs play football that I know that I'm going to go to bed and say, oh, I'm not going to get up in the morning. Uh, I'm not going to get up early in the night to watch the game. I'll watch it in the morning. And I just know that I'm going to wake up naturally at like quarter past one, 20 past one, and I'm going to be laying That's there thinking... Done. The Chiefs start in a minute and I'm going to get up and watch the game. And then I'm going to be annoyed at myself all Sunday when I'm knackered. But I don't even care because they're back. It's one of those conundrums, isn't it? Do I stay up? Do I watch it on on repeat on Game Pass or what? I don't know. Um, I'm I'm undecided. This would be a different conversation if this was a Sunday night. If this was a Sunday night and I had work on Monday morning, absolutely not. But seeing as it's a Saturday night, there's really no excuse, is there, for us not to do it? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. it. Right. Andy Reid has basically said uh, that the Chiefs starters will be playing the first quarter, which uh, is is a mouth. It's mouth watering, isn't it? It's a lie, but yeah, go on. It's a lie. (laughs) It's a lie. I reckon Mahomes will play a series. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, but we we really want it. We really want to have a look at that new wall line, don't we? But we we will get into all of that in the morning. There's a few noticeable absentees in this. Uh, there's some questionable to play, which are uh, Mike Remmers, LDT, Alex Okafor, Derek Nardi, Frank Clark, Josh Kendo, Ben Neiman, Willie Gay, Juan Thornhill, and Antonio Callaway. So um, is any of those out, out of that list there that you think I really would have liked to have seen them in this, in this first game? I think that's an easy one, isn't it? Like, I think everyone was excited to see Willie Gay, weren't they? Yeah. Um, he's been the story of training camp up until he went into concussion protocol at the end of last week. He, he, by all accounts, was the most impressive defender outside of Chris mm-hmm. Jones. Um, the step up from rookie year to sophomore year, his first training camp, it seemed like he was making it his own and he would come out on the dev chart as being the the one of the two top linebackers although it being an unofficial linebacker, uh, unofficial depth chart, I'm gutted. I'm gutted because I, I feel like he's a, the type of player that will benefit from as much work as he can get. And is, there was potential that he was going to play one, two, maybe three series on Saturday night or tonight. So, yeah, I'm a bit gutted about Willie Gay. Obviously, some of the vets you would have liked to see him playing, Frank Clark, you would like to see how we do with yeah. the rest of the D-line as well. But it is what it is there's a lot of veterans on this list that aren't playing. So that obviously opens up opportunities for others. Um, we get to see some more of guys that we've not seen much of before. So those mm. guys being out will probably make like Brett Veach and everyone's job a little bit easier because they have more to evaluate. Like uh, the majority of those guys, Veach and Reed know what they're getting out of a lot of them. So they probably wouldn't learn a lot by watching many of them play. So then replacing them with the young guys is probably beneficial for the Chiefs, but also not really what you want when you're trying to gear up for a new season as well. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the other noticeable one is uh, Kyle Long is out, obviously, yeah. uh, due to having that injury um, earlier on in the... Which is unfortunate because it was nice to see him back. So um, get well soon. Hopefully we, he can contribute this season. All right, then. We're going to give uh, our three key points on offence and on defence after the break, but um, I think we'll get straight into the offensive side. Now, um, everybody 
is clearly very excited about this offensive line. Uh, it's been it's been reworked, completely new look to what it was mm-hmm. from February. And um, is is there anything in there that you think you're really looking forward to seeing most out of all this? I know you're going to say you're going to say there's going to be one player in particular that we've been mentioning quite often. But this offensive line, is there any key areas that you think this is definitely the one to watch? I'm no, it's not any particular player. You're expecting me to say Trey Smith. I think everyone was. Excited. Yeah, I think everyone's excited to see Trey Smith. Um, he's starting to get some national attention now. He's been mentioned on ESPN and everything this week. So um, he's a guy that certainly made waves this off season. But in general, I'm not going to go to the left side because I think the left side we kind of know what we're getting in Joe Tooney and Orlando Brown. But I'm looking forward to Project Youth on the right hand side from Humphrey all the way through to. Um, Lucas Niang, we're having those three guys in there will be interesting to see because it's been talked about all offseason. Andy Reid doesn't start rookies on the offensive line. Okay, he doesn't start two rookies on the offensive line. He's going to be potentially starting three rookies because let's be honest, Lucas Niang, he's a rookie. If we're, let's be honest, like people will say, oh, he's a second year player. He's not, he's a rookie. He missed the entire, the entire year last year. He's a rookie. Couldn't even go in the building. He's a rookie. So to see those three guys, Go against a team that's renowned for having a good defense. Admittedly, the 49ers have got issues. Their D line, the, the, the front four they're going to be bringing is not the front four that Mitchell Schwartz and Co. saw in Super Bowl 54 18 months ago. They're, they're decimated by injuries at the moment. So they're going to have an easier night, you, you should say, the offensive line than expected. But it also makes it like the perfect type of opponent for this offensive line because Mahomes said in his in his pre-game um, interviews earlier this week that saying like it's all about communication, just all the little things, all the minor details about getting those things right. It's not necessarily about like how they execute the play. It's all the pre-snap stuff, the huddle and how they talk to each other and communicate on the line before the, before the snap's taken. So this game enables them a lot of opportunities to work on those type of things. So that's what I'm excited about. Project Youth on, on, on the right-hand side. And I know I'm excited about Project Youth, but I think you're particularly excited about a guy that's playing on the opposite side to Lucas Niang. Yeah, the guy that I'm most looking forward to is obviously Orlando Brown Jr. The guy, yes, I know recently he's, uh, I think fans have been questioning some of the one-on-one drills that he's had in training camp, which has been um, quite a contentious issue at the minute with uh, with some of the fans because they, a lot of them are freaking out at the fact that um, he's just been like a revolving door. <laughs> in, in some of these players one-on-one training drills uh, never really favor the offensive lineman um you've got to be kind of a whole complete unit haven't they to uh to really kind of see what they're what they're capable of in that but i mean there's no denying it he's he's what he's he's pro bowl player isn't he he's somebody that i'm really looking forward to watching um and it'd be interesting as well from the fact that the 49ers uh they've actually got trent williams who i'm looking forward to watching as well to see to compare orlando brown to Trent Williams. Uh, I see. feel sorry for you right now if you're expecting Orlando Brown to play at Trent Williams level tomorrow night. Like, <laughs> I do feel sorry for you. They they couldn't be any further apart in terms of journey in that particular position. Trent Williams being one of the greatest left tackles of all time, and Orlando. Yeah, Brown but I think, I think what I want to see is I want I, I want to see is, is it really going to be you know I know a lot of people are very high on Trent Williams, but you know again Project Youth. 
Yeah. Maybe, you know, this is going to be uh, where Veach just goes, you know what? We've made the right the right decision here in Orlando Brown. I, I love you, Brad, because you're, you're just like that typical guy, like like a child or whatever, like ask the girl out and the girl says no. And you're like, well, I didn't like her anyway. <laughs> That's what you're like with Trent Williams. <laughs> He's rubbish. Yeah, me like, else. <laughs> don't want him anyway. He said no to us. It's like us and Emmanuel Sanders, isn't it? Like we're all like our oh, Emmanuel Sanders we really want him really yeah. want him don't go to the Broncos he doesn't go to the Chiefs he goes to the Broncos then we're like oh he's a snake he's rubbish anyway isn't he he <laughs> <laughs> and isn't it interesting that um, Joe Tooney the big money signing of this offseason the guy that we spent more money on than any other player this offseason and no one's talking about him like no literally one's no one's talking about Joe Tooney it's because it feels like we've just signed a guy that's just going to be reliable He's just going to be the guy. He's going to be like when Mitchell Schwartz was at right tackle. As soon as Mitchell yeah. Schwartz come into the offensive line six years ago, the offensive line got better and we never worried about the right tackle position again until he got injured. And that's what I feel like Joe Tooney is. We've just signed a guy, paid him big money, and he's going to be brilliant. And he's just going to be, but quietly brilliant. And we're never going to talk about him ever. Yeah. We paid big money to get a guy that we're never going to talk about. Exactly. I love it. So, I mean, that, that speaks for itself, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, exactly. they're, they're the type of players you don't want to talk about. Like corners, you never want to talk about corners. If, you, no. if, you're, if you're talking about corners, chances are they're doing something wrong. Like you're throwing not talking a flag into the crowd. If you're talking about the corners, they've either A, picked it, or B, been beaten, one of the two. So, or C, been tar- just been targeted. So you want, don't want corners being talked about. You don't want your, your interior linemen being talked about either. You just want them to silently go about their business. And that's what Joe exactly does. The other intriguing thing, obviously, with the offensive line is obviously the run game. I, I think that's what's going to be the main, main focus on this, and especially in the first quarter, is they're going to no. try and get... You know, no, 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 no. That's not the focus. They might try running the football, but no one wants to watch the Chiefs run the football. They're not interested yeah, in the run game. They're not going to open the playbook. No, you, no, what they're interested in, we'll get to that in a minute, but what they yeah. what people are interested in is... Can they protect Patrick Mahomes? People want to see a pocket tomorrow night because everyone remembers yeah. what happened in February. No one cares if they could have run the ball in February. All we care about is protecting Patrick Mahomes and making sure that he doesn't run for 497 yards in a game, running from um, running from <laughs> defensive linemen. Now, <laughs> that's all we care about with this offensive line. We just want to see five guys in pass pro, potentially with Clyde Edwards-Alaire sitting in to stuff a guy that might get through. But... In terms of run game, no, I couldn't care less. I couldn't care less if Clyde Edwards-Alaire runs the football tomorrow very well. Don't care. All we want to see tomorrow night is those five guys stood there protecting Mahomes, giving Mahomes enough time that he could stick the kettle on, have a cup of tea, maybe dunk a couple of biscuits, finish the cup of tea, look up and find Tyreek Hill down the other end of the field. That's all we're interested in tomorrow night. That's all we want to see. Well, that will lead us nicely onto the second point, which we're looking, or the second key point that we're looking forward to is the receiver battle, really, isn't oh, it? Yeah, this is exciting. Receiver battle. This is this, this is hotting up. It is. For, for a team that thought we had Tyreek Hill and not a lot else and just a bunch of guys, all of a sudden, like, it's just constantly interchanging, isn't it? McCall Hardman's had an excellent camp, by all accounts. Mm-hmm. Well entrenched as the second wide receiver right now, and that doesn't look up for debate. But it's the guys underneath it. You've got Demarcus Robinson, who's not making much noise. You've got yeah. Cornell Powell, who 
no one is talking about. He seemed to be buried on the depth chart at the moment, stuck in the third team offense. And you've got Byron Pringle, who no one's talking about. And then you've got this guy, Marcus Kemp, who's all remind, reminding everyone that he's still here, making play mm-hmm. after play after play. And really interesting to see who gets the run with those guys tomorrow. Like you're going to have Hill and Hardman, but who's going to be that third guy tomorrow? Is it going to be Robinson? Is it going to be Kemp? Is it going to be Pringle? Will it be Cornell Powell? Will Cornell Powell just appear out of nowhere and just <laughs> to play with the first team offense? Obviously, it's not going to happen. No, but when those guys draw off, who's going to be the guy that steps up? Who was it? Was it Fred Williams? No, I can't remember his name. He wore 83 a few years ago, and he was a receiver that played really well in like four preseasons in a row. <laughs> Not four preseason games, four preseason row. Yeah. And everyone thought he was going to be the next big thing for the Chiefs. I cannot remember. Chase Daniels well, was the backup quarterback at the time. But who's going to be that guy? Well, Pringle was that guy a few years ago, wasn't he? With he the was. Chase in, in training camp. Everyone was going absolutely mental about the the, the fact that, that Pringle was going to be the guy that's going to be um, fighting for this spot. But it's never really kind of materialised. But, I mean, going back to what you were saying about the uh, the, the fight between, um, you know, there's, there's probably about three that are really fighting it out, really, aren't they? In all of this, yeah. Um, and um, I mean, Demarcus Robinson. I've seen him in some of the some of the footage we've seen from training camp. Demarcus Robinson has actually been making some really good plays, mm-hmm. and I don't know if it's if it's the fact that he's been sorting out his route running, or it's just been off the fly stuff again that that's happened with that connection with with Mahomes. But for me, I think Demarcus Robinson's got a, a he's he's got a fight in this. I think he's got a, an absolute chance. To try and topple Michael Hardman for the for that wide re- wide receiver two spot, the Brad love for Demarcus <laughs> Robinson will never die. Continues, and I, I, I know a lot of our listeners are relatively relatively new to us. Like obviously, since we joined Arrowhead Pride, our audience has grown. Some of you yeah. may know us from the Arrowheads Abroad days. Some of you may know us from the Legion of Zoomcast days. But Brad has always, always. Love Demarcus Robinson to the point where we've had bets, season bets on his yardage, and I've always gone the under, and Brad has always gone way, way, way over. <laughs> um, so for him to talk about Demarcus Robinson like this, this isn't a new thing. This is Brad. He loves Demarcus Robinson. He likes like Demarcus Robinson as much as I didn't like Demetrius Harris being on the football team, which I can tell you is quite a lot. Um, but no, you've, you're doing your thing with Demarcus Robinson. I still mm. have my doubts when it comes to him. As you said, on the on the fly stuff, the bit, the outer structure stuff, which Mahomes is very good at, Demarcus Robinson seems to have something with Mahomes that he knows mm. where to be at the right time. But the in-structure stuff, the drops still happen too much. The boneheaded plays from time to time happen too much. He has talent. I don't doubt that. He is a talented guy. He's far more talented than I will ever be at anything in my life, including podcasting. But (laughs) I just think I'm over it. And it's really hard to say that at the start of the season. I should be saying it at the end of the season, but I just think I've seen enough now where I want Nicole Hardman to be the guy that steps up. And I want someone else to do it. I want like Marcus Kemp. I want Cornell Powell, even though that looks unlikely. I want Byron Pringle to be that guy. And that's not me like completely pooing over Demarcus Robinson. It's not. It's just that I think we've seen his ceiling. And you yeah. believe that he still has further to go. There's a ceiling to break through there where I, I'm not entirely convinced that there is. 
Well, I'm sure we'll see him. We'll probably have another bet on it this season, won't we? <laughs> we will. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The uh, the other key point we've got on here, and it's something that you've brought up, brought up actually, Tom. Um, Can I introduce it? Yeah, you do it. You Can do I introduce it. It's it? your thing, this, right. that you've, you've kind of pointed out here. So, Chiefs Kingdom, do not take this personally. This is not a dig at you. If this, If you do this... I'm sorry if I offend you. I I am sorry. But (laughs) can we please, please not have the huge overreaction when Andy Reid calls the most vanilla offense going tonight? (laughs) Please. If Mahomes walks onto the field and throws two or three incompletions and they have a run up the middle that gets stuffed and then they walk off the field and you never see them again, Let's not act like the world is caving in on itself. Like it's it's not, it's not. Everything is going to be okay. We know Andy Reid does this in the preseason. I can't remember what year it was. Oh, I'm pretty sure it was a Super Bowl winning year when Mahomes and the Chiefs went to Chicago in a mm. preseason game and they were terrible. They yeah. were so bad in this game in Chicago and everyone went crazy. Like everyone went mental saying, oh, we're not going to repeat what we did last year. We're, we're not going to be as good. It's like, what are we doing? And then we went and won the Super Bowl. Oh, if not, we didn't, if we didn't win the Super Bowl, it was the year before we made the AFC Championship game and Mahomes won MVP. Either way, it was a good was, season. Yeah, yeah I can't yeah. remember what year. But let's not do this. We know Andy Reid is going to keep a lot in his back pocket. We know Andy Reid is going to reveal none of his secrets in a preseason game. It's the way it is. You're going to see the most bland Madden, ask Madden type offense tonight. And if it works, great. If it doesn't work, let's not go crazy. Let's look at the details. Let's look at how much time Mahomes has to throw the ball. Let's look at, see how McCall Hardman doesn't in running his routes. Let's look at those type of things because those are the type of things that matter, not necessarily the play call that Andy Reid puts into Patrick Mahomes. It's August the 14th. The real stuff doesn't start for another month. Come week one, he's going to pull out an offense and everyone's going to go, wow, this is the new wrinkle to Andy Reid offense. It's incredible. And you're going to feel stupid for calling him like rubbish a month before. Let's not do that. Let's be better than that. And I know a lot of you are better than that, but I know it does happen and it does happen quite regularly. So let's just let's just tone down. Let's just tone down on that. Don't know. Let's just relax. Have a beer. Enjoy the game. If the Chiefs win, great. If they don't, does it really matter? No, it's preseason. As everyone says, the 2008 Detroit Lions went 4-0, then lost 16 games in a row. So, come on. (laughs) Yeah. It's not going to be like the rookie year of Patrick Mahomes where they threw him onto the the preseason game and just said, just do what you like. Let's do what (laughs) you've got. It's not going to be like that, is it? It's not going to be like that. Mahomes is obviously the starter now and it's just going to be, right, let's not just reveal our hand and... And, and give all our secrets away. Um, I, I agree with you. It's just going to be it's going to be a boring game, really, isn't it? Mate, you you agree with me, but I know you'll be one of the guys that kick off because I know what you're <laughs> like. You're so emotionally invested in this team that I cannot wait to read tweets of yours on Sunday morning saying, "Oh, fire Andy Reid, get a new OC, and what's Eric the enemy do? What does he do? What does he do? Come on, I, I cannot wait to read those tweets. And I'm just no, going to click I, the save button. <laughs> I'm not like that. I'm not not anymore. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not like that anymore. <laughs> All right, mate. I think on that point, I think we'll go to a break. Uh, but when we come back, we'll be giving you our three key points on the defensive side of the ball. 
Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi guys, and welcome back to the Great British Chief Show with myself, Brad Simcox, and Tom Childs. We previously talked about our three key points to the offense, but we're now going to take turn our attentions to three key points on the defensive side of the ball. And I'm going to start off with one here, which I'm really looking forward to seeing. Chris Jones trying to wreak havoc on this 49ers offensive line Having Jaron Reed as that kind of anchor, that, that, that freedom guy that, that uh, Chris Jones can be because Jaron Reed is in his corner. Um, mm. I'm a bit disappointed at the fact that we might not have Frank Clark playing in this game, obviously with him being questionable. It would have been nice to see, can this, uh, I mean, can it? I mean, we know that these defensive ends are going to generate some pressure yeah. on, a, on any quarterback, but it would just would have been nice to see, I think, in a preseason game. Yeah, definitely. In the limited snaps that we would have seen them, for sure, it would have been yeah. nice if, if we could have seen the base of Derek Nardi, Jaron Reed, Chris Jones and Frank Clark, and then on later mm. downs, seen like, obviously not Taco Charles, maybe Mike Dana come in and Chris Jones kick inside and having Jones and Jaron Reed wreaking havoc from the inside, that would have been nice to see, a nice little preview of the season. <laughs> but it's not the worst thing in the world that Chris Jones isn't going to be like, Fully on show this this off season, preseason, mm. because we've both got money on him now on winning defensive player of the year. Like I've got yeah. twenty three pound on him to win defensive player of the year at hundred to one now. Why so, can I just ask why twenty three pound? Because he's going to get twenty three sacks and break the record this year. Ah, uh, is that what it was? Yeah. Uh, did you just think you just think of that off the fly, or did no, no, that's genuine. That. That's genuine. I thought seriously. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought how, how much money should I put in? I thought he's going to get twenty three sacks. Well, I was actually thinking, and what would what does he need to do to win Defensive Player of the Year? Because although he's a big time player, he's still like not completely seen as a superstar by a lot mm. of people in the league, even though he is. So I was thinking, what does he need to do to win Defensive Player of the Year? And I'm thinking he has to lead the league in sacks. 
simply has to leave the league in sats. So I thought, how many sats would have taken? Originally, I was thinking about putting £19.50 on, maybe again, 19 and a half sacks. And I thought, no, 23 sacks. He's going to break the record. He's going to break Michael Strahan's record or equal it. Yeah, that's, I, I can see where you're coming from there. I mean, I hope that comes true, mate, because you'd be a very rich guy after that, wouldn't you? Yeah, a couple of grand would be nice, wouldn't it? $3,000 before uh, going to Kansas City <laughs> next year. That'd be fun. But no, back to the game. Yeah, it, it's, it'd be fun to see. Like seeing Chris Jones, potentially, if he lines up opposite Trent Williams, your mate, um, the oh, lover yeah, that yeah. you lost that's Trent Williams. It'd be nice to see if <laughs> he's he rubbish anyway. <laughs> yeah, it'd be nice if he does. Um, he might not. He might line up on the opposite side because obviously that's the side that Frank Clark normally lines up on the right hand side. Um, it'd probably be interesting to see if Chris Jones has his uh, hand in the dirt on the left hand side. But yeah, you're right. Seeing the defensive line as a whole would have been nice. But at the same time, seeing Jaron Reed in the Chiefs uniform, seeing Chris Jones on the end is going to be fun. It should be a fun watch for the one or two series that we see it. Yeah, the, uh, the obviously, I really hope we see uh, Frank Clark this time because I remember you saying that um, you saw uh, Clark and Reed at the, uh, over here in London, didn't you? Yeah. When they were at the Seahawks, and you said it was such a, a phenomenal kind of um, game that you saw from those two. Mm-hmm. Um, it'd be I just really hope we get that from them moving yeah, forward. The, so the Seahawks playing the Raiders at Wembley in 2016. What it I can't remember. It might have been that year. Was mm. one of the best games I've ever seen from like an individual team and the mm. Seahawks were phenomenal that day Russell Wilson was amazing Tyler Lockett was amazing but Jaron Reed and especially Frank Clark were incredible um, yeah okay I think it was later than that. I think it was 2018 thinking about it um, but yeah Frank Clark that particular day was incredible and it'd be nice to see if he can recapture his Seahawks form with Jaron Reed inside of him but we've got a little while to wait for that if we have to wait till week one to see it, then so be it. So the second point we wanted to raise is the fact that the Chiefs have got some really good, talented youth players at the moment, young players um, that are either, you know, basically the main starters now or are on the cusp of being the starters, mm-hmm. especially, I mean, the main guy at the moment is obviously Legereus Sneed. Everybody's yeah. really high on this kid. Um, and, you know, hopefully he has another great season like he did. Um, last season, um, Nick Bolton, my guy, really hope to mm-hmm. see some um, some big plays from Nick Bolton. Um, an interception would be nice in a preseason game just to settle those nerves, <laughs> I think, from him. Um, and Josh Kendo as well, which um, I think was he already on. Um, I think yeah, he's he's questionable to play at the moment, but it'd be nice to see him in this game. Um, but yeah, we I, th- I think it's it's credit already to, um, to you know to the Chiefs organization for actually you know, getting these players in. Yeah. Vich has been playing a blinder with these, hasn't he? Yeah, we mentioned it earlier how, like, the, the guys that are missing out, that really long list of absentees opens up opportunities for others. And no one else benefits more than that than the young players because they don't expect to get an opportunity early unless they're a high draft pick. You've got guys that have taken all over the place in all sorts of rounds and some that were undrafted as well. Like, you know, you have to look at Devin Key and it looks like Devin Key's going to get decent snaps tomorrow. And the one I'm looking forward to seeing is probably Mike Dana. Because I think there's going to be a lot of opportunity for Mike Dana. And there's a bit of buzz around him, his training camp. Like, Taco Charlton hasn't had the greatest of camps. Alex Okafor can't stay healthy. So there's opportunities there for Mike Dana. It'd be nice to see how he gets on tomorrow. Obviously, I'm excited about the Jerry Sneed. He's now not an unknown quantity. Everyone knows about Legereus Sneed now. Everyone in the league knows about him. So it'd be interesting to see how he deals with like his sophomore season. And now he is 
expected to be a leader in that defensive backfield alongside Tyrone Matthew. There's going to be a lot of guys looking at him, a lot of fans looking at him and a lot of coaches looking at him to be the guy. So it'd be interesting to see how he steps up into that type of role this year, as opposed to, as opposed to being in a, a fairly comfortable position last year. But as we keep saying, this is all opportunity. It's all opportunity. That's all the preseason is about is an opportunity to put some film together. And these guys have to take it. They have to make their stake and make themselves undrockable. And I think we've got a good collection of young players there that might be able to do it. The likes of Sneed, the likes of Bolton, the likes of Devon, Devon Key. Play well now, you'll get your opportunities later, that is for sure. Interesting to think there that we could really have a really youthful defence Yeah, for yeah. those players there. I, um, I, was having a, I was having a think last Last night, I went. It was crazy. I went for a run, and I was listening to a podcast. And we we're talking about they were talking about um, being a GM and planning for the future. And when I was thinking about it, I was like listening to it. And I was thinking about the Chiefs, and I was looking ahead to next year. And obviously, we're, we don't want to look too far ahead because the season starts literally a month away. But if some of these young players turn out to be good and starting level players, the likes of Devon Key the likes of Sneed, who already is a starting level, the likes of Bolton, the likes of Dana, then we're going to go into next year's draft and it's going to be like the ultimate luxury draft for Brett Feach. Same with the offensive line. If the offensive line, those five guys all play well and it turns out to be a good unit that can stay together for three or four years, Brett Feach is going to be rubbing his hands going into next offseason because he's just going to be, he's going to be like, well, I can do what I want. I can literally sign who I want. I can draft mm-hmm. who I want and no one can judge me because we're going to have little to no, no needs. And that's why this preseason is important because it helps the Chiefs shape the future of the team. And the guys that aren't going to be playing in the season because it's too important, now's the time for them to show Brett Beach that the future is bright, that there is life after these veterans and the life is in them. And if they can do that, then it's... It's credit to Brett Veach for putting that in place, but also credit to the players because they're the ones that have got to do the business on the field. And it just, I just find the whole thing really exciting. And this is why I don't get down in the preseason because it, it is all about opportunity. Like, yes, Mahomes is going to come on. He's going to play a snap or two. He's going to play a series or two. But it's not about Mahomes. It's about the guys at the bottom of the roster. It's about the guys who are fighting for their lives, trying their hardest to stay in this business. This is what the preseason is about. And this is why I don't switch off at halftime. This is why I watch all preseason games in their entirety is because those are the guys that I want to watch. The guys we're not, we're going to forget about in a month's time, but we don't want to forget about them. And they don't want us to forget about them. It's, 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 all, it's, a, it's like, it sounds like really like soppy to say, oh, it's a magical thing, but it is. Because it's so much opportunity. And it's like you don't get it in many other sports where these guys, you, okay, you get a summer league in the NBA, but you don't really get it in our football, for example. You get a little bit of a preseason, but no one really watches it. And where American yeah. football, the NFL, it's like, it is special. Yeah, I, I agree with you. It's um, this golden opportunity where you can actually find a hidden gem somewhere, mm-hmm. can't you? Yeah. And um, that, that's the key thing that we're looking at here. Like you said, it's not about the starters. It's not about Mahomes. It's not about, you know, how, how high powered this offense is or how, how secure this defense is. It is literally where do these other little pieces fit mm-hmm. into this team? And uh, yeah, there's, I mean, it's going to be really interesting to watch. And I'm going to get so excited by watching a game. I know it's only preseason, but we're going to be so excited just watching 
a game, a Chiefs game, for instance. <laughs> I mean, I've watched yeah. the other games that were on previously. You know, uh, the Washington Washington team and uh, the the Patriots as well. I watched them uh, this morning, and uh, it's just nice to know that we've got a Chiefs game just around the corner. Yeah, uh, really looking forward to it. Um, talking about players not to be forgotten. Second chance players. This is our mm-hmm. third key point here on the defensive side. Uh, second chance players. Um, we've got quite a few, and uh, we've listed a few here, which um, which really do have this opportunity to try and worm their way into this, or try and fit fit themselves into this into this into this team moving forward. Uh, Tackle Charlton is one of those. Yeah. Um, you know, we we've got him back on another deal. Um, I like Tackle Charlton. I think he does a job. He's good. He's good for the depth. Let's say that Juan Thornhill has got an opportunity really to um, find that 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 previous form he had before before he had that big injury. Yeah, uh, yeah. Juan Thornhill um, is is one of those players that we we really hope turns out to be the next big thing. Yeah, uh, because you've seen glimpses of it already, yeah. and you really want to see that even more moving forward. It was it was so cruel of him actually missing out on the, the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Uh, with that injury that he had. So, uh, you know, a second chance for one Thornhill against the 49ers as well, which is, you know, that might that might put a smile on his face a little bit. Yeah. Um, the other couple of players, uh, the cornerbacks, Mike Hughes and DeAndre Baker. Yeah, big time second uh, chance players. Especially big time. DeAndre it's... Baker. Like, these, exactly. these are first former first rounders that found themselves unwanted, okay, for very different reasons in, in Baker's case but they both got dropped from their teams or traded in Mike Hughes's case. And they will have something to prove because they are first round talents. Brett Feach has taken a flyer on both of them and they are still relatively early into their careers. They will feel they're both still on rookie deals. Like they, 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 they know that this is probably their last opportunity to gain some momentum and probably become a starting to backup type player. If they don't make it in Kansas city, especially in that cornerback room. Like, yeah. where else are they going to make it? Because, like, although the Chiefs have been absolutely fine at cornerback, it's not what you what you would call a loaded cornerback room, is it? Mm. Like, we know who the cornerbacks are, but do many other people know who the Chiefs' cornerbacks are? No. Probably not, probably not. So if they're going to make it anywhere, they need to make it in Kansas City. So I'm excited to see them too, because I think we're going to see a lot of them tonight mm-hmm. i do i think ward sneed will get the, the starting reps at um outside corners and it'd be interesting to see what happens when they go into their nickel and their dime packages and then obviously once those two guys drop out they're both going to have to play outside so i'm really excited to see what them two do another guy that's kind of been forgotten about who is probably like the ultimate second chance player in this team is carlin saunders like the forgotten man mm-hmm. of yeah. this chiefs team like he was a third round pick what two years ago and he's hardly and he's hardly played and not been very impressive, but he is a third round pick. So that means that his leash will always be longer. He will always be granted more time to see if he can turn things around. But if he doesn't perform this preseason, are they going to keep him around? Like there's a lot of bodies in that defense that they're going to want to keep around. So how many defensive linemen are they going to keep? How many defensive ends are they going to keep? How many linebackers? How many cornerbacks? They're going to need to make room. And Colin Saunders really needs a good preseason. Otherwise, he could find himself out of the job in three or four weeks' time. So, yeah, there's, there's as I was talking about golden opportunities, there's also like last chance saloon for some players. And Colin Saunders probably falls into that bracket. But we always say that the contract year is undefeated. 
So <laughs> yeah. this is similar, like in a different kind of way, this is similar to that, but people are fighting for their jobs as opposed to their new contract. All right. So we've got the 49ers in a preseason game. Dare we do predictions? <laughs> I suppose we should. Like, would, it, <laughs> would it be a preview show without a prediction? Okay, I've got some thoughts. I've got some takes. First of all, I like the fact that the biggest attended game that the 49ers would have played since Super Bowl 54 is actually in our head because <laughs> there's probably going to be a bigger crowd at the game tonight than there was in the entire 2020 season, which should be good. So I'm, ex- I'm yep. looking forward. I'm predicting excitement on the Chiefs part. I'm yep. predicting Chiefs fans to get into the 49ers a little bit about Super Bowl 54, as they should. But keep it clean. Keep it polite. Just let, just remind them. Let them know. I would love to see if the Chiefs do actually have time to run Wasp. That would be cool. If we do the offensive line. Actually the offensive line, yeah. Um, yeah. I like that, yeah. But in ter- terms of uh, a prediction, so basically, who am I going with? Trey Lance or Chad Henney? Um, <laughs> I, I think the 49ers will win. I, I, I don't know why, but I just do. And I don't really care. I'm just, let's throw a score prediction out. Let's throw, let's say Chiefs 17. No, not 17. They're going to kick field goals. Let's say Chiefs 16, 49ers 23. Let's go with that, shall we? Yeah, you go with that here. Yeah, yeah. Um, based on absolutely no lo- knowledge whatsoever, I'm just making a random prediction just to say that I was right in case it does happen. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, well, um, yeah, you can't really say much much else other than it's a preseason game, really. Um, it, it is such a lottery. Yes, I agree that the fans are going to be there and they're going to be so loud as well, which is going to be... Uh, a key factor even though it, it it doesn't really matter really what, what happens in this game but um i think the 49ers are going to have that bit of a chip on their shoulder because of what happened in super bowl 54 and they'll probably want to win this game regardless of the yeah, fact that it's a preseason game to interrupt you like is that not the most small time thing ever like to yeah. come in if they come into the locker room tomorrow into Arrowhead Stadium and said, Oh, we need to get revenge for Super Bowl 54 tonight. Like in that's a pretty small game. time, isn't it? Like, <laughs> like at least try and do it in Super Bowl 56, not in week one of the preseason. I can't I can't imagine the 49ers are gonna do a bus parade if they beat us tomorrow night, or if they're gonna be like mouthing off on Twitter and say, No, we told you we'd get you eventually, or if they're making an interception, they're gonna be walking down to Arrowhead and like doing the full team photo again. Like, they're not gonna do that, are they? No, you sure you know that social media will be a wash of 49ers fans. <laughs> no. You just know it. They'll come out the woodwork no. and they'll all be kicking off, you know, you know ah, this is it, your season, you know, you fluked it last time, blah, 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 blah. It's <laughs> going to be... It, mate, it, you just, Mitchell Schwartz no. was holding. Damian Williams didn't make the end zone. <laughs> Justice has been served in the form of a win at Arrowhead in pre-season week one. <laughs> All right, I'll give my prediction then. Um, I'm going to say it's going to be I don't know, ten uh, six to the Chiefs. It's going to be that kind. Of, it's going to be that kind of game. Mate. It really is. Be, okay. We'll probably see one touchdown, uh, a field goal from the Chiefs, and just two field goals from from the Forty Nineers. Um, okay. I mean, I mean, I suppose I'm giving that young kid Trey Lance a bit of a, a bit of injustice, really, because he's pretty. He's, Pretty much going to want to prove himself, isn't he? Yeah. So you might get a you might get a touchdown or two out of him. Um, but again, 
It, it's football. It's back. <laughs> Who really cares? It Who could finish, cares? It could finish nil-nil and I really wouldn't care, to be honest, because it's just football. It, it's back. It's back. I just feel sorry for the guys that are going to be doing a post-game show about all of this. <laughs> <laughs> I really do. <laughs> right, that's all we've got time for this week. Hope you've enjoyed the show. You can normally listen to the Great British Chief Show every Saturday, but you can't next Saturday because... I'm on holiday, so I get a bit of a bit of a peace time. You know, you've already had your holiday, Tom. So yeah. it's my turn, right? <laughs> maybe, maybe, um, maybe I could give the people just a show of me talking. I doubt they'd bite go for that, but you know, maybe, you maybe can we can make it. something work. But if we're not here next week, it it means that Pete said no. <laughs> <laughs> if you're not here next week, Pete said no. You're joking, Tom. Come on. <laughs> Uh, if you have the time, please consider leaving us a rating and a review. We'd love to hear your thoughts, as always. Please do, by the way. Please, please do. do. Yeah, we're like, just we do read like, them. Like, normally, we've been really like polite about ratings and reviews. Like, please give us a rating and review. And like, you kind of like wash over it. And like, we get one every like few weeks. But let, let, let's do it. Come on. We're, we're nice guys. We're appreciating. If you can write something nice and give us a one star, we don't really care. Or you can give us a five star and write something horrible. Just, yeah. just, just do it. Just, just give us a rating and a review. We'll love you for it. We Tell you. us what you really feel. Exactly. <laughs> we'll give you a shout out on the next show. We'll make you yeah. like we'll make you like superstar listener of the week. That's what we'll start doing. Anyone that gives us a rating and a review and specifically mentions us, they can be superstar listener every week. And we'll, we'll make a big song and dance with them. <laughs> yeah. yeah, let's do that. In fact, yeah, we'll not? make up a song about them. We will make up a song about the first person that gives us a rating and review. We will put their, we will put their review into a song and play it on the show. Mate, are you drunk on life or just no, drunk? No, I'm going to do. I promise you that. That's what we're going to do. The first person that gives us a rating review and specifically talks about the Great British Chief Show in a positive manner, they will have a song about them before the next show. Okay. Well, all that's left to say here is, from one kingdom to another, we'll speak to you again soon.